0: Coming up on This Week in Games, Blizzard bows to China in esports political conduct, Riot announces new games for the first time in their 10 year history, and Google decides to wake up from its daydream and end its consumer VR hardware lineup. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host here at McConnell, and I'm back. I was on vacation in my home state of North Carolina and unfortunately did not lug my recording equipment with me. So in return, I'm doing my best to cover two weeks of jam-packed news. I've tried my best to keep this under 20 minutes uh, like I normally do, but let's see how I do. First off, a bit of housekeeping. I generally keep my professional career out of this podcast, but I should make an announcement When I started this podcast, I was working at Zynga on their Match 3 line of games as a product manager. I then went to Google for nearly a year and a half toiling around their virtual assistant developer platform. And I'm happy to announce that I've joined WB Games' central product management team. Now, what this means for you guys is this frees frees me up from being more conservative about commentary on Google. But... In return, it constrains me from any WB-related news, both of which kind of occurred this week. So, let's kick it off. One of the biggest and still evolving stories of the week is large game companies and large companies in general uh, censoring themselves for fear of Chinese blacklisting. This started when a professional Hearthstone player, Blitzchung, said he supported Hong Kong protesters in a post-match interview and Blizzard banned him for a year, took away his winnings, and banned the pair of commentators that asked the question. Under extreme and really rightful backlash, Blizzard retracted their banning by only banning Blitzchung for six months and giving him back his winnings. What followed was other companies either implementing guidelines, po- prohibiting political speech at esports events, with Riot being the largest example of this, or companies allowing players to freely express themselves as long as it was done tastefully, with kind of Epic being the leader for this side of the coin. Now, that wasn't the end of it. This last week, a collegiate Hearthstone team from American University was banned for six months for holding up signs that read, Free Hong Kong, Boycott, Pliz. Not very smart, but brave, I guess. I mean, you're telling the company that's sponsoring your university team to boycott that company. I don't know. Doesn't even make sense. Uh, You can see the same sentiments in other professional sports with the recent NBA drama as well as other mediums with China trying to strong arm Quentin Tarantino into editing Once Upon a Time in America to their liking or else it won't be released in China. This subject, I kind of feel the heart and brain conflict on it. Like my heart says, works of art like movies and video games um, are people's free expressions and they're really integral to society, and we can't limit ourselves as Americans or Europeans or anyone in the world based on a much tightly controlled and limited point of view or culture. In this example, it's America and China. My brain also says China has over a billion people and can make game companies a lot of money, so why not? I'm sure this is the beginning of a much larger discussion that will, you know, kind of hit addressable market versus freedom of expression. And I'm sure this isn't the last we're going to see of it. Next up, Germany has started the process of blacklisting CoinMaster from its various app stores. This is a wonderfully strange story with long-reaching consequences. So it kicked off with Jan Boharman, a comedian with a talk show, I guess similar to John Oliver's Last Week Tonight in America. He did a segment on Moon Active's game CoinMaster and its monetization traps since then. The German Federal Review Board for Media Harmful to Minors, that's their actual name, has followed up on Coin Master and began the process for blacklisting the game or basically not allowing it to be distributable or advertised within Germany. This federal board is mainly used for violence and pornography and doesn't really have the experience in tackling complex issues like gambling, like monetization and games, but is doing it anyway. So (laughs) this decision... Can set an important precedent either way for game monetization in Germany and possibly the wider EU as a whole. You know, as I mentioned with kind of the America Chinese example, companies that bend be- companies will bend backwards to maximize their addressable market. So a ruling like this could feasibly also impact the U.S. as well. This happens kind of like how we see it in the U.S. with emissions and car makers in America. So. Emission laws in California set the standard for the rest of the country because they're generally stricter than every other state. But California is such a large addressable market, you're not going to see an automobile manufacturer make a car or truck that's only available in the other 49 states and not available in California. So everyone kind of adheres to California's emission laws. There's still one less you know, less impactful outcome that could happen. And it would just be that games with loot boxes or slot machines are classified as gambling. And then in turn have a pretty strict age requirement to play them. So we'll have to follow this one and I'll do a follow-up story when kind of the German regulator that with that giant (laughs) name makes a ruling Next up, say it isn't so: Google's ending Daydream and its VR headset in hardware lineup. So another tombstone for Google's large line of dead products, as a Variety reports, the Daydream is over and Google has woken up. Launching in November 2016, Google's Daydream hoped to fast follow other VR efforts by launching their own smartphone-powered VR display. The wide adoption of VR never came to fruition, and a Google representative said that the uses of Daydream was on the decline and i'll just predict it was probably on the decline since launch <laughs> this is both a commentary on google and vr i've long harped on vr companies for unrealistic expectations that people want to use vr for long periods of times as they do smartphones tablets pcs and even televisions this is also an example of google copying other companies efforts half-assed and then giving up a year or two later which is kind of a bad sign for the 120 dollars i spent on the stadia pro bundle <laughs> all right They said it couldn't be done. Riot has announced actual games that aren't League of Legends. So celebrating their 10-year anniversary, Riot has announced six new titles. League of Legends Wild Rift will be a mobile and console implementation of League of Legends with a focus on 15-minute matches. Legends of Ruterra will be a League of Legends-themed digital trading card game in the same vein of Hearthstone. Project L will be a 2.5D League of Legends fighting game made by the acquired Rising Thunder developers. Project F will be some kind of multiplayer MMO adventure game set in League of Legends world. Project A will be a squad based tactical hero shooter set to an all new IP, I guess in the same vein of TF2 and Overwatch. And lastly, Team Fight Tactics will be, well, just a mobile port of Team Fight Tactics, so that's not really a new game. I <laughs> commend Riot on finally announcing new games. It took them 10 years, but they did it. I'm a little worried. Uh, League itself is an iteration on Dota, and a lot of these games are going head-to-head with kingpins and genres that they're going to directly compete with. So I'm interested to see what comes out of these games, but mainly Project Though, i I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like What If Rising Thunder, which was released in kind of a weird beta state, had a large, you know, unlimited budget and a giant company behind it. And it also you know i don't see tencent letting these games suck i'll just say that so we'll have to see how all these turn out i think let's see legends of rutera is probably going to come out first and maybe wild rift so we'll have to see um i'll keep an eye out for updates on this stuff all right some cool features so Valve drops a game-changing feature for Steam called Remote Play, allowing local co-op multiplayer over the internet. This is amazing news for two reasons. First, all co-op games will be able to simulate local co-op over the internet through Steam. Second, Steam-focused multiplayer developers can kind of forego creating some sometimes complicated online multiplayer solutions and rely on Remote Play for friends to play together. Honestly, this is great. Like, uh, so any game, just think of a game like old simpsons arcade game could be on steam and you and your friends could all play together i mean just think about how that great that is and the developer doesn't go have to go back and rewire some kind of like online multiplayer solution it just works it's honestly great to see valve innovate and put truly unique features on their platform and it also doesn't hurt that it helps them differentiate themselves from the epic play store so good job Another great move by developers, Tony Cannon, the creator and owner of GGPO, has put the GGPO SDK under the MIT license for fair use. So GGPO is a technique and SDK for getting quote unquote frame perfect online play for fighting games. It was originally demonstrated using an online emulator for 2D fighting games like Street Fighter 2, Alpha, and Third Strike to provide online play for emulated games that didn't support it. It was later used professionally on Schoolgirls' online play, Killer Instincts, and Street Fighter Third Strike Online Edition. So I'll say if you're interested in writing multiplayer code, go read GGPO's implementation. It's pretty interesting. It uses a rollback feature, and it kind of like uses handshakes to agree upon states within the game. It also has what I, what it calls <laughs> input prediction um i don't know it's pretty interesting you you can kind of like if you play games with ggpo and ones that don't have it you can see the difference so like street fighter 4 uses like uh i don't know what you would call it like a slowdown technique and that's if like you and another player have a poor connection it feels like you're kind of playing in mud like everything's slow um ggpo is the exact opposite where everything will be jittery and possibly even roll back so It is a different flavor of online multiplayer, but, you know, really worth studying. So thanks, Tony Cannon, for allowing developers to utilize your work. All right. Uh, Daybreak Game Company has its third round of layoffs in the last year and a half. So San Diego-based H1Z1 developer is cutting the workforce by an unknown amount. According to a Reddit thread, which as far as I'm concerned, is a source of truth for everything on the internet. The cuts were mostly to the Planet Side 2 team and the Planet Side Arena team. The good news is San Diego is quite literally the hotbed from game development as WB is opening a new studio there. Zynga has a studio, Rockstar has a studio, Psyonix and Sony development teams called San Diego Home, along with many more like Jam City, Redemption Games and High Moon Studios. So hopefully you guys can find a new home all right two more stories first off tilting point acquires gondola so the new york-based mobile and web publisher tilting point has made its first acquisition in gondola a service company focused on monetization in games so gondola's main sales pitch is it'll utilize machine learning to optimize ua and ltv specifically around iep sales and video ads so (sighs) <sighs> i've seen this b2b sales pitch a lot lately like a lot there's a lot of companies doing this basically it's a service company that'll sit on top of your iep sales and wash your systems and use machine learnings to optimize which player is offered which segment of that so if you're playing a match three game and you lose a level it might show a regular iep you know uh, desperate buy pay a dollar and you get another chance at beating level from where you were at it might show a sell so you know the desperate buy might be on sell or you might get power-ups with that desperate buy or am I sure watch, and watch this ad and you will get the equivalent of a desperate buy so this sits on top and it's supposed to optimize the LTV for all players both payers and non-payers and whatever I don't know I haven't seen anyone, any one developer come out and say this has been game-changing, so we'll have to see. For for Tilting Point specifically, I suppose it makes sense to start acquiring UA and live service companies. From what the CEO Kevin Sagala said, it sounds like Gondola will be kept in-house for Tilting Point published games only as a differentiator from their competitors. So kind of makes sense from Tilting Point. Um, I don't know. The jury's still out on whether these services are actually worth their salt. And lastly, the last big business news of the week. Former Bungie CEO Harold Ryan announces Probably Monsters, a game studio conglomerate in a Series A of 18.8 million. So Harold Ryan is the former CEO of Bungie and is now the founder and CEO of Probably Monsters, a company he describes as creates and sustains independently operated development studios, Which is, I guess, is a new way of saying umbrella company that doesn't publish games. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Probably, Monster's already has two studios, Cauldron Studios and Firewalk Studios, both of which are developing AAA games and have publishing deals in place. Firewalk is led by John Shue, or sorry, Tony Shue, who's the former SVP at GM and GM for Destiny Division at Activision Publishing, and Cauldron is led by Dave Matthews the famous singer who played... No, not Dave Matthews, the singer. The, Dave Matthews, the former Bungie art director. So both have clearly worked with Ryan closely before. Probably Monsters quite literally has the most diverse all-star team of investors for that $18.8 million Series A. First off, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. What? What is Jerry Jones doing? Second, Crescent Real Estates and Golf Capital founder John Goff Next, former Activision executive in BC, David Oxford. And finally, Luther King Capital Management. That's an all-star team. That's an all-star team. <laughs> With current AAA development cycles and the pattern of AAA vets starting independent studios, it will likely be a while before we see any game announcements from Probably Monsters. So we'll have to just see how this all works out. All right. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. If you want to leave me a comment, leave me a comment. Um, if you want to rate me five stars, that would be awesome. If you want to rate me one star, do that too. Um, I'd like to know how I'm doing here. And as always, I'm Eric McConnell. That's This Week in Games. And I'll be back next week to bring you all your video game industry business news. Until then, take care.